Welcome to a new edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. In this episode, we have a lot going on. We're going to be reviewing the latest season of Hard Knocks, Netflix's Last Chance You, the season premiere of Showtime's A Season With, and Hands of Stone, as well as discussing potential Razzie nominations that we've seen in 2016. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Well, we have a very different episode today. If you haven't noticed already, Ozzy is not with us at the moment. He will be joining us later in the show. But as of right now, I have a returning guest. I believe the first returning guest on the Screenfellows podcast. Bobby Whitehouse. How you doing, Bob? Uh, I'm good. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, in my opinion, it's a long time coming. Well, but, you have. Uh, I mean, you haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, but you... You you've been behind the scenes. You've been do- yeah. Doing I've been putting in a lot of work. Um, <laughs> you know, merchandising opportunities that once we get the website up, people could look into if yeah. they want that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. Definitely a lot of stuff yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, Ozzy will be joining us later in the episode when once we get to Hands of Stone and um, our potential Razzie nominations. Ozzy will be for, with us for that. But as of right now, this summer, earlier this summer, we watched, well, I guess it's not summer anymore, but in the summer we watched Last Chance of You on Netflix, which is, what, eight episodes? Uh, I think it was only six. Oh, six episode miniseries. So we, we really liked it. It was, we'll get that, we'll get to that discussion. Mm -hmm. But, um, then we started watching Hard Knocks as me and Bob do every year. And we decided. What is it, like 10 years now? (laughs) Yeah, I, how many, how many seasons? I think this was. 13. Yeah, geez. Um, so we decided we kind of combine all these discussions, and there's also a new um, Showtime show that was premiering. So we decided we'll combine all these sports documentary type show discussions into one episode. So that's what we're doing today. Um, oh, right off the top, before I forget, um, and before we move into, we're going to start with Hard Knocks. So before we move into that, I want to really quick, because I forgot to mention it last week on the first time. Thank my brother, Enrique, for coming up with our new intro, which you've heard twice now at this point. It's awesome. Yeah, I w- <laughs> the old one was good, Yeah, but Enrique did such a good job, and this isn't a joke. I actually, instead of doing homework, I listened to just the beginning <laughs> of the last episode, like three or four times. Oh I was like, gosh. this is really good, so Yeah, it, good it was great. Great great job, Enrique, and thank you for giving us that. Um, and then... Also, a um, little ha- bit of house cleaning stuff. I also want to mention, I had mentioned this in the end of last week's episode, but I want to reinforce it now. We are on a Wednesday and Saturday schedule now, so that's when you can expect new episodes. It can really be at any point in those days, but that's when you can expect new episodes. Hopefully this episode actually comes out on a Wednesday, depending on how the editing goes and my schedule is crazy on Wednesdays, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and then also, I would like to remind people, please rate and review the podcast, because that helps us out a lot. Now, let's move right into Hard Knocks. Uh, Bob, how did you feel about this season of Hard Knocks training camp with the Los Angeles Rams? Um, compared to other seasons of Hard Knocks, it's, I would probably say it's the most boring. Yeah. Because there wasn't really a focus on the whole team. It just seemed like they cared about the offense mm-hmm. and Alec Ogletree <laughs> and Lamarcus Joyner were the only. It seemed like only two guys on defense mattered. Yeah, and even then, like they didn't even focus too much on. Like I wouldn't use the word boring. I personally wouldn't use that word for this. I would use more bland and just okay. mediocre, which I yeah. think is funny because that's how most people would describe the Rams to begin with, uh, and Jeff Fisher to begin mm-hmm. with. Which speaking of. Jeff Fisher, he starts off the season in the first episode, I believe, with an epic, like, yep. rant on how he's not going to go 7-9, and nine. and I know your recurring joke was... Yeah. <laughs> I'll break this down. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Fisher has a 5-1 career wins percentage, which is 
it's above 500. Yeah. But it makes him the most seven and nine man in history. <laughs> so he, he, he's a couple, like, he's really close to getting to the most losingest coach in NFL history. Yes. He's this season, so close. There. And after that speech he made saying, this is seven and nine stuff. This is what seven and nine teams do. We will not do that. Every single thing we saw was the most seven and nine <laughs> football team we had ever seen. It looked like they were going out there and the coaches were saying, Hey boys, just make sure you have fun. That's what that team looked like yeah. with the, uh, the go karts, um, focusing on Tavon Austin playing Pokemon Go. Which was, oh my gosh, that was just, it reeked of, Oh, we're trying to they were remain trying to relevant. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, there was so little focus on actual football. Yeah. Which could be why that team's just okay. I, I agree. It, it was just such a bland, like, again, I wouldn't say boring. Like, the, uh, the Falcon season, I would describe as boring. This season, I would just be like, there were some interesting things. Like, there were good ideas that they kind of touched on and yeah. cool elements that they were trying to get into, but they just, I feel like they didn't go as in-depth as they wanted to, especially when introducing some of these characters, like, or not characters, people, I guess, but you got me saying characters now, Bob. Well, (laughs) um, some of them are characters. Okay, introducing some of these people, and, like, sometimes they would introduce a guy, and then they just kind of completely forget about him. And then other times, like, we got introduced to new people in the last episode. Halfway like, through the finale. It's like, what are we supposed to do with that? I don't care about this person. Now you want me to be all worried that they're getting mm-hmm. cut? Um, I know that sounds heartless, but hey. This, we didn't care. We're watching this for entertainment, so, I mean, <laughs> what else do you expect? Um, all right, well, let's talk about some of the actual interesting personalities that were on the show. Okay. Um, I will say, because of all these personalities that they focused on... Yeah. It felt like they were trying to do an MTV kind of reality show. At times, I agree. Where you have, like, Eric Cush, who he's a great guy, I assume. I actually liked Eric he, Cush. I, I know feel you like kinda... I'd be friends with him. Yeah. But in the first episode, it felt like they were trying to push him as, yeah. like, the cool guy with, like, all his different tank tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like they were trying to push that way too hard. See, I I liked it. I just thought it, I know. it, it, I, I thought it was really funny and fun, and he was definitely... One of my favorite people on the show, mm-hmm. um, especially as because even in that first episode, like they have that whole thing where he's trying to tell they're trying to tell um, Jared Goff to like get his hands all the yeah. way up in there for the center yeah. exchange. And he's just like, I'm telling him, I'm telling him, put his knuckle in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was really fun and funny. <laughs> um, so I, I liked a lot of those conversations. I, I get how you can. Say that maybe he was coming off as a little bit of a try hard, or maybe the show was yeah, trying to. Yeah, I think the producers were coming off. And I think maybe hard. that's fair. Um, but he was definitely one of the highlights. Another big topic of discussion amongst a lot of people with this show was Will, Will Hayes. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, what? Will Hayes. Really? No, of course not. <laughs> he, Will Hayes believes in mermaids. But not dinosaurs. <laughs> he didn't believe, he doesn't believe the dinosaurs ever existed. And mm-hmm. at first I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I, it's just so out there that you're just like, I can't help but like be interested by this guy. But then this is one of those situations where I think they pushed it a little too hard mm-hmm. and it came across as just, I don't know, blank, like, okay, you're just pushing it too hard, took the fun out of it. Um, yeah. Because they then in a later episode, I think was it last week or the two weeks ago, where they have an episode where or just a segment where he um, goes into a science museum. Yeah. Last and, week, yeah, and like they're trying to convince him, like the tour guide's trying to convince him that dinosaurs existed. Yeah. And there were some fine, funny lines in there. Don't get me wrong; there were definitely some funny lines mm-hmm. when he was talking about the uh, dinosaur egg, and he's like, "That's a rock." <laughs> that's, that's a rock. <laughs> That was funny, yeah. but I don't know. It just kind of took like the fun out of it because like they were pushing it so hard, and mm-hmm. it's just like he's back a little bit. I will say, in his defense, yeah, he made a couple good points. <laughs> like 
I can see how it's hard to believe in dinosaurs. I guess. Because. Maybe. I, I can't. I don't know. Like, imagine a dinosaur. <laughs> Could you really fathom that? I guess not. I don't know. But then that logic but, doesn't work for mermaids. Exactly. He, he can you imagine himself, yeah. a half woman, half fish? Yeah. He completely contradicts himself with this. With his beliefs. It's really yeah. strange, but it was it was definitely entertaining, especially at first. And he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I do think... I, I want to get your take on this, with the with how they treated Todd Gurley. Because I, I actually, I thought it made sense, <clears throat> like, you're not gonna... Like, when they're, like, basically really pissed at their players for taking Todd Gurley yeah. to the ground, I think it makes sense because he's your franchise player. He's what the entire team is built on. So you don't want him to get injured in just a practice. Yeah. But I think you didn't like that as much, so I want to get your take on that. Because I think, as a coach... And as an organization, you don't want players thinking any one guy is above the other 52. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like that. Like, I understood keeping him healthy and not hitting him. But to a certain degree, you can't put him on a pedestal above everyone else. They understand he's their best player. Mm-hmm. No one at that camp was questioning that. But I think you have to let him be just like any other player. Yeah, I get it, but it's, I, I just, I think it's fascinating, especially coming from you, because it, it is well documented on your social media that you are a Vikings fan. I don't know if that's yes. been brought up in this, on this podcast before, but especially considering what happened to your quarterback as of recently, I'm interested as to why you're still all for, like, okay, Todd Gurley being taken to the ground, because you okay. just lost your quarterback. Yeah, we did. And that was a non-contact injury. I know, but so it's a little different. I, but I'm and you get also what I'm saying, you don't right? make contact with a quarterback in practice but, anyway. <laughs> so that's a different story. Yeah. I think you know. But you get what if I'm coming. If it was what I'm him recovering from that ACL from yeah. college, I understand not hitting him. Like in Friday Night Lights, yeah. when Smash was coming back from his torn yeah. ACL, which we finally got Friday Night Lights on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had to mention it. You know. You didn't want to hit him. Yeah. Because he's getting healthy. But now that Todd Gurley's 100%, he had a great rookie season, hit him. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to keep the training wheels on him Yeah, and all of that. And so I think Teddy Bridgewater, Mm -hmm. it's a shame. Yeah. It's devastating. But there was no contact to it. And you wouldn't hit a quarterback. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I don't see a problem with hitting <laughs> someone in practice. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. To me, it just it makes it just makes sense for you to be a little more concerned about some play. That's just natural. Um, but anyway, what do you think was the biggest thing missing from the season of Hard Knocks? Um. Well, based on previous seasons. Mm-hmm. They were missing the, what a lot of people call the Lauren Tannehill. <laughs> All right. Um, I know you remember this because it was the Dolphin season. But they were missing, like, a spouse that people cared about. Yeah. So you're and just saying tried... people aren't interested in Case Keenum's wife. No. <laughs> Maybe people were. I wasn't. I thought she was really annoying. No offense. I'm sure she listens. But, um... <laughs> I just thought it was really annoying, and they were trying to force it. Yeah. That, and there were a lot of wives and girlfriends in it. That's true. It felt like every single player who had a significant other, they tried to get him in there. Yeah. Even Um, um, Ian Seau, was that his name? Yeah, I knew you were going to His sister. Yeah. That's the only one I agree with you on being annoying. I I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't mm -hmm. deal with that for too long. She got way too much screen screen time. She's a bus driver. I don't know how to take that. Moving on. Uh, my, to me, the biggest um, thing missing from this season of Hard Knocks was just the lack of... Com- Actual football? No, well, I guess, but the lack of compelling camp battles. Yeah. The, I mean, there, there was really just one camp battle, maybe, uh, well, two, I guess, but they didn't play up the second one, the one with the defensive ends. They didn't really play up that it was a yeah. camp battle. Um, and the other one with the fringe wide receivers, mm-hmm. they didn't play up that until the, again, the, the second half of the last episode. episode. It's like, what mm-hmm. am I, I don't know how to, like, I, I don't root, for, I, 
I don't know. I wasn't invested in any of the camp battles. Yeah. And they, they really didn't give me, give us many camp battles to begin with. Yeah, let's break down these camp battles. Um, the one you didn't mention was Eric Cush. Yeah. And true. what was his name? Dave Arkin. Yeah. Um, Again, they didn't even mention the other guy. No, until not the last until the last episode. episode. Yep. And so, like, the whole time you're hearing Eric Cush's wife, who seems like a lovely lady. Yeah. Um, not smart of them to buy that zoo membership in Houston, <laughs> but um, it, she was saying, yeah, he got cut, and we haven't bought a house in case he gets cut again. So that's a camp battle you want to yeah. see, because you just saw his family was yeah. involved, and this other guy wasn't brought into the story. I don't think they showed him at all no, until I the final episode. So and so you were kind of confused going through, oh, what was it, five episodes? Yeah, I had no idea had if no he idea. was locked into that position mm-hmm. or if that was something that he was just really fighting for. Enough. Like, if yeah. he was that close to being cut, which, I mean, spoiler alert, but this entire thing spoilers because it's just current events. Yeah. Yes, he was cut. So it was kind of, for me, it was like a shock, but it wasn't like a, oh, like a disappointment shock. It was just it was a, like, okay. what, oh, okay? Like, it was confusion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I guess maybe you consider you could consider the quarterback a camp battle, but I it don't think so. It wasn't really a because, battle because Jared Goff was horrible. So I think he's better than they portrayed him. I yeah. think they were trying to take that angle. I mean, he's not so even dressing for week one, so he can't be that. No, good. and if he's not going to play, why dress him? You know, I don't know, if he's your third string, there's no reason to dress him. I think they put it at that angle so there would be some drama. Mm-hmm. Between him and Case Keenum, or which Jeff. I think backfired, because the real drama would have been with Sean Mannion, yeah, who's taking the spot that people thought and would again, be lost. They didn't mention Sean Mannion until this, yeah, Sean Mannion until this. Um, and he didn't yeah. even speak in the show. No, he didn't. Um, I would also like maybe maybe they Jeff Fisher had something because you know these teams are involved in the editing process yeah. to an extent. Yeah, they say what can and can't yeah. be on TV, which and is you, smart. You know what's interesting is maybe Jeff Fisher wants it to because what I got out of this was that they're kind of taking a really, really conservative and honestly kind of smart approach with Jared Goff. Like they're yeah. holding him back; they don't want to throw him into the fire, which I, I understand that. And I think it may. Do you think it ha- maybe? Uh, Jeff Fisher made it seem like that so that he has a little more leeway this season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Possibly. Or maybe Les yeah. Snead so that they are both Which together. Les Snead needs to get fired. <laughs> so great. does Jeff Fisher, but they both need to get fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um, speaking of kind of coaches, which we've already talked about Jeff Fisher a little bit, but let's let's kind of get into these assistants. Mike Singletary. I was disappointed by him. You Why didn't get much... wasn't there more Mike Singletary? Yeah. Hall of Famer, probably one of the top five linebackers of all time. Very vocal, but they kind of didn't... And vocal, he can be vocal. Yeah. He probably had the most wisdom of any coach. Yeah. And he spoke in, what, two episodes? Yeah. It's... I don't know. It was kind of just a wasted opportunity there. Um, Who was the coach that looked and sounded like J.K. Simmons? Because I swear, uh, that guy was... Was was, it Werfel? Waffle? Something like that. Um, he was a defensive line coach, and I'm telling you, he <laughs> looked and sounded exactly like J.K. Simmons. It was basically, like, I even remember texting you when I was watching that. I was like, when did J.K. Simmons join the, um, the Rams <laughs> training staff or whatever? The coaching staff. Yeah, I me. thought it was like, it, it was so, it's, it was so funny. Um, and it, it was, like I said, it, it's just, I really, and I thought he was a good coach too. Yeah, I thought he was actually yeah. really good. They, you know, because I mean, their defensive line is definitely one of the strengths of their team. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, and then obviously, it's always interesting when Greg Williams opens his mouth. Um, yeah, because he's um, a character. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to describe him. He has a past. <laughs> um, we won't get into Bounty Gate there. You that can Google that if you NFC want. Championship. Um, yeah. What else is there to discuss with this season of Hard Knocks? Like I said, there was, was hardly of, any Aaron Donald. Yeah, all we saw was him playing ping pong One in of the very them. first episode. Yeah, which seemed like absolute garbage for a show about football to put all that time into a ping pong game with some college students. Yeah. 
and then it's like he disappeared. He's an all-pro defensive tackle, and that's all we got to see? Yeah. One of the best players, yeah, one of the best players in the league, and you don't show him, uh, again, missed opportunity. And that's one way I would definitely describe this, e- this season of Hard Knocks is just missed opportunities. Which is one way a lot of people would describe the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> true, true. I. It's interesting because most of the time when you have um, a team that's on Hard Knocks, you would think, like, the focus, or you would start to think that they could be good. Like you're, But now I'm not more enthusiastic at all about the Rams. I might be even a little less. Yeah. Um, all right, last kind of thought I have on the season of Hard Knocks is that I just want to slap the producers or whoever is editing this around and be like, just because you focus on somebody doesn't make them automatically likable. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but what was that receiver's name that they focused on? Austin? Austin Hill. Austin Hill. Like, they focus a lot on him, and he had, a, he had yeah. a cute daughter and everything. I thought and, that was a really sweet story with him and his daughter. But, but I, it didn't make me I sad. I didn't care about him team. at all. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, just because you're okay. focusing in on him doesn't make me like him. You have He has to be an interesting personality. Um, so, that's one thing. All right, real quick, who's your hard knocks training camp with the Los Angeles Rams MVP? My MVP? Is, does it have to be a player? No. Or can it be a coach? Be a coach. I guess I would say probably Mike Waffle. Mm-hmm. He he was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> former Marine, and you so, could tell right makes away. Makes so much sense. It I just loved how he was so aggressive with the players, mm-hmm. but they still listened. I really liked that. I thought he did a good job. It really looked like he was doing his job the way he would any other day, and the cameras happened to be there. And yeah. I like that a lot on Hard Knocks. So he's my MVP. Um, I would say Will Hayes just because he okay, made me laugh out of the most out of everybody. and He was definitely the most entertaining. Yes, they kind of dragged that story to its end. They wore that pretty thin. Yeah. I, I was still entertained by it for the most part, and yeah. I did really like his story, so he's definitely the MVP for me. Um, all right, let's move on to Last Chance You, which is a Netflix six-part miniseries, documentary, whatever. It's a lot of stuff. Um, and, oh my gosh, this was great. <laughs> it kind of put Hard Knocks to shame. It put Hard Knocks in a coffin. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I would agree. It, it was it was incredible. Um and this is this happened la- all this all the events that were documented in this series took place last season during the 2015 yes. JUCO season. But the thing is, because it's JUCO junior college, like we we don't I don't know any of this stuff. I didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. so I was kind of interested to see how things are going to turn out. Turn out, and I kept myself from googling like the outcomes for yeah. the most part. Yeah. So I was definitely um, interested in a lot of it. Um. So, I'm telling you, this show was great, and I think one of the best parts, I think most people will agree, there's a unanimous MVP for this, if I believe, right? I don't think we're going to have any debating. It depends on who you say. It's Miss Wagner. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you said it wrong. Every single player refers to her as Mo Wagner. Okay. Mo Wagner. Miss um, Wagner yes. is basically the academic advisor for the football team. To bring Friday Night Lights back in oh here, gosh. anyone who's seen it, she is real-life Tammy Taylor. Yes, that's a fair assessment. Um, she, the, the most interesting thing about her, which they do go into her kind of backstory and um, just her personal life a little bit, which added to it, but that's yeah. not why you care about her, even though that definitely does add to it. Um why you care about her is because she cares so much about these players. And it's interesting mm-hmm. because all these players in junior college, who this is the best, arguably, but really the best junior college in football in the nation. Yes. Right? Yeah. So all these guys are at this school basically to get out of the school. Like they're there so they can play well and get a scholarship to go to another bigger school. Yeah. So, she knows that, and she's trying to help them achieve their goals, but at the same time, she gets attached to these she guys. She invests so much in these players that she knows they're only going to be there one or two Exactly, years. which is which insane. Which is so incredible. Yeah. That she doesn't say, all right, 
get these grades. Yeah. And, uh, and she genuinely cares. I'll talk to Alabama for but, you. Yeah. And you can, you can tell that she genuinely mm-hmm. cares about these guys and cares about their future. Are we doing spoilers? Yes, to an extent. I okay. mean, like, this is historical stuff. Yeah. Like, you can Google all this and yeah. find all this okay. out. But we're going to try to be vague because yeah. crap goes down at the end of the mm-hmm. season. And we don't want to spoil too much of that mm-hmm. because it's a shock value when you see a lot of the stuff that happens yeah. towards the end of the six episodes. So, the perfect example of who Mill Wagner is. Yeah. Ollie goes through a rough stage. He doesn't go to his classes, doesn't go to practice. Mm-hmm. And instead of calling him and getting voicemail and leaving it there. She leaves her office and drives to his apartment to go make sure he's okay. Who does that? Exactly. That's what not her school job. employee would go do that? It's it's crazy. I completely agree. It, she, she was incredible. Um, and also, I kind of mentioned already that the guys are there to leave. Like, they're there yeah. to play well and get out. But it's interesting because there's also a small town dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And the, this town, this is what, Scuba, Missouri? Scuba, Mississippi. Mississippi. Scuba, yeah. Mississippi. This really small town in the middle it of nowhere. such a Dillon, Texas. Yeah. And, but the thing, like, they all care so much about this, uh, basically community college football team. Mm-hmm. It's all they have. It's, ba- it's all they have. But at the same time, all these guys, they, they don't care. They, like, they just want to leave. So again, it's a really strange dynamic of everybody cares so much, but the guys who are playing the games, really, all they care about is getting out. So I, it's just such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And I think that's what sets the show apart, mm-hmm. um, from anything else I've seen in this kind of genre. Yeah. Um, I think what caused that is because From the beginning, you know what's at stake for these guys. Yeah. So, like, we know John Franklin III, he had gone to Florida State, wasn't going to start. So he comes down to East Mississippi and plays a year. And if you want to, you can look up where he's playing now. Yeah. But it's just so obvious he wanted to leave. Yeah. It's, he was my least favorite person on the entire show. I don't think anyone liked him. <laughs> I don't think... Well, I think some of his teammates did what baffles me. Yeah. But he was basically the backup quarterback for most of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just... Like, you could tell... He just had this attitude and arrogance about him. He He's had like, an attitude saying, I should be playing D1 on Saturdays school, yeah. on ESPN, not here in Scuba, Mississippi. Which I think he actually said, I should yeah. be playing D1, yeah. not in Scuba. Which, it, he's right. He has that talent. But it was just frustrating because, like, dude, you don't need to act like you're better than everybody mm-hmm. else. And, I don't know, I didn't. I did not like him at all. I'm not necessarily yeah. rooting for him as he goes forward. Um, yeah, I but, think, really, he was the only guy that acted so bad like that. I mean, yeah. Ollie had moments. Yeah. Um, DJ Law, who will, he'll definitely go to the NFL. Uh, DJ Law, if he can get, if he can work better, work harder mm-hmm. on school, because that's yeah. his struggle. Like, if he can do well enough to get yes. into a D1 school, or even do well enough to just sign as an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that kid, he was their running back, just, just for the record. I don't know if we said that. DJ Law, he, the kid's got the talent to, to play in the NFL. I honestly believe that. He was the most talented player on the entire show. Yes. Bar none. No questions asked. Um, and the, even their, but their second string running back was Isaiah really Wright. Good. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah Wright was really good as well. When he played, um, at times, he was really good. I just don't think DJ Law was the standout when Easily. it comes to, Easily. um, playing, uh, and skill. Um, speaking of another backup, and I know we kind of briefly touched on John Franklin, or, I guess he's first string. He was first string. Um, well, Wyatt Wyatt Roberts. Starter. Yeah, Wyatt Roberts is what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get to. I yeah. messed up the transition there. But Wyatt Roberts. <laughs> yes. Um, the first string quarterback who, it, no, he was not touted. Like, he's not some major recruit who felt like yeah. he was just some local, basically mm-hmm. local kid. Yeah, his story is he school. grew up in scuba. Yeah. And he was a local high school hero, mm-hmm. but he didn't get any Division One looks, so he decided he'd play two years at yeah. Eastern Mississippi and then try to go to Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and if he didn't get an offer, he'd, I guess, 
air quotes retired. You wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, and I, to me, if there's a close second for MVP for Last Chance U, it's yeah, Wyatt Roberts. It's Wyatt he, Roberts. He was honestly, he was just such an interesting guy, mm-hmm. and his, like, his attitude of just, like, I'm here, I deserve this, and he knew he deserved it, but he wasn't arrogant It about wasn't it. an entitlement yeah. thing. It, he honestly, he just came across as, I'm gonna work, and I'm going to play, because I... I'm going to work harder than everybody. He wanted to earn yeah. the spot. Yes. He wasn't saying, I was here last year playing behind Chad Kelly. Yeah. It's my turn. He knew he'd have to fight for the job. And at the same time, when you talk about earning the... Like, he wanted to earn everything. Mm-hmm. He wanted to earn the right to play at a at a bigger school. He didn't want to be given that. He, he wanted yes. to earn it. And if he wasn't offered, he just wasn't going to, like... He, yeah. To, and to me, one of the most interesting things about him was he legitimately says, football is not everything to me. Yeah. It's not. It, it's just something that I do, and I love it, but it's not everything. And I think that, that there was a really... It was a good change of pace, because when you talk about a lot of these guys, football is their, their avenue out. Yeah. But he's totally fine, you know, staying in scuba mm-hmm. and just hunting with his family. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, what else are we going to... You want to talk about... You want to talk about Ollie really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tragic backstory. Very tragic. Yeah. Once, we're not going to get into it, but he has... A, yeah, he has a very tragic kind of history to him. Um, but he's definitely an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, really I, funny guy. Yeah, I think if he can kind of get his act together at mm-hmm. in certain points, I think he could be... Like, he's one of those guys who's just always around the ball. Yeah. Always to make you know, something he's happen. he's got good he doesn't, technique. Yeah, he's he doesn't even look skill. like that physical of a mm-hmm. talent. It's just that talented physically. Is yeah, him. he's always around the ball. Yeah. So, I think he has potential to go somewhere if he can kind of get mm-hmm. his off-the-field stuff together. Um... <laughs> Excuse that noise if that came through. Um, <laughs> all right, real quickly because we're running out of time here because Ozzy's going to come on pretty soon. Um, let's t- touch on the coach because I know you did not like the coach. I would I say I hated it. I didn't mind him. I did not like him. It seemed like no matter what he said about it's not about our record or anything like that. It seemed like all he cared about was winning another championship. He didn't really care about the players. It was all about him. And, you know, he always yelled at them, even if they didn't do anything wrong. And I just, I thought he was a bad coach, and he was really selfish. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm not about Buddy Stevens. <laughs> See, I think, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I liked to. I kind of liked his philosophy on just how he plays the game. Like he, like they're so hated because of how that his style mm-hmm. and how they just run the score up. Which I'm fine with running the score up. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's just he didn't like how he treated the players. Yeah, that was really it. Yeah, I kind of got because a lot of players got kind of frustrated with him towards the end of the season, and I understood that. I started to get where you were coming from, but at the same time, I still like I didn't overall hate him. I think. He definitely lets his emotions get the best of him, and I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing he needs to work on if he wants to kind of continue in the position that he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that kind of wraps up our last chance you discussion. We can both kind of this is highly recommended, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. if you like sports at all, or even just good entertaining television. If you love drama, yeah, watch this. Yeah, because I'm I telling would, you, the last yeah. two episodes of this are. Mind-blowing at times. I would call this show a must-watch. Yes. Agreed. All right. Real quick. Real, real, real quick. Um, a season with. We watched the season premiere of that. What did you think? That's the Showtime I, show about it's going to follow the Florida State Seminoles. Yeah. I thought it was almost like a carbon copy of Hard Knocks. Yeah, discount Hard Knocks. Yeah. Yep. There were no interesting people. <laughs> The coach just seemed... Which, Jimbo Fisher, don't get me wrong, he is a great coach. Yeah. 
but he didn't seem interesting. See, to I me. think I think he's an interesting guy. It's just to me the issue is not lack of interesting personalities because I think if you had the time, you could find interesting personalities yeah. on this team. The thing is, this is thirty minute long show. That they could, have no yeah. time whatsoever, and the entire thing felt so rushed. We mm-hmm. went through an entire month of training, especially in this first episode, yeah. because they had to go through that entire month of like training camp or whatever before they got to week one. So everything just felt so quick and rushed, and you're just like, I don't know any of these. Like you're just throwing these guys' names out there, and I can't get attached to any of them because yeah. you're not giving me any time to. Really, um, the only guy I cared about was the running back Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and not because of anything from the show, but because reading college football predictions and scouting reports, he's supposed to be the best running back. Yeah, in college football this year. Mm-hmm. So I just cared about, is he that good? Yeah. There is no the, emotional tie to it. Yeah. And that, the the most disappointing aspect was the Florida, that Florida State game was so great. It was a great game. And they barely touched on it. Like, it was like... They showed three plays. Yeah. That was it. It was just like, okay, you're not going to dwell on that at all. Um, and then also, just quality-wise, as for shooting and, like, it kind of... I don't know. It felt really dry like the way they shot it and um i think the sad part is we just finished watching the last episode of hard knock so we're used to nfl films quality mm-hmm. product and then this was just a major step down so it kind of for me it took me out of it just yeah quality wise i wouldn't say it was bad quality yeah it just but wasn't if you've ever seen anything from nfl films it's great you know that the yeah. sable family created yeah a masterpiece with NFL films. Yep. And so that was tough to watch as a step down. Agreed. Um, I I think I might watch it. I have a three-episode rule, so I'll stick to my three-episode yeah. rule, and we'll see if it gets better as it goes along. But as of now, it's not something that I'm like telling people, you have to start watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all right, we got Ozzy coming up, so we'll have a little break here, and just hold on and... When we come back, Ozzy will be back and we'll be reviewing Hands of Stone and talking about the Razzies, so that'll be a fun discussion. Alright, and now we are finally, once again, joined by Ozzy. Ozzy, how you doing, man? Dude, it's, it's crazy. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's been a weird episode without you, man. Now, now you're here, and we can just get the episode going how we usually go. Um, but even even so, we're still gonna have a weird episode <laughs> because <laughs> I am not gonna be reviewing the movie that we're reviewing this up this time. Hands of Stone. You are going to be reviewing Hands of Stone because I live in Lynchburg, Virginia. I go to Liberty University. There's only one theater near me, so. <laughs> I don't get an opportunity to see all these movies, and you have, so why don't you review this one for us, Ozzy? What did you think of Hands of Stone? Hands of Stone is, oh my gosh, let me just, we need to breathe through this movie. I had to like dig in deep into my mind okay. just to remember this movie. This is how, <laughs> this is how bad this movie is. Was it memorable? Um, I only have one positive, and the positive <laughs> is that Robert De Niro did a decent job in Smith. It's the only positive that happens. It was that bad? The, all right, it's just, okay. Just get it's into about, it. It's about Robert, Roberto Duran, okay, he's this boxer who grew up in poverty, and he ended up, is basically, the time period is, is around where the Americans uh, occupy Panama to, to create the Panama Canal, right? Mm-hmm. So... It's about basically him going up from poverty and, and him basically being like this rich boxer and everything. Like he's the fighter of Panama. Like everybody loves him. Everybody believes in him. But he's a complete douchebag. He's a complete douchebag. Okay. Like you do not relate or care for this character. He's a complete douchebag. Like I, I hated this guy and they show flashbacks of him as a kid, but the kid's dialogue isn't, isn't like a child. Like it's not. Again, I feel like it's an adult douchebag. You know what I mean? And I don't like his like his character as a kid at all. Like, there is stuff as a kid, like, there's gunshots and stuff. He walks towards the gunshots. He's not scared. Like, I would be scared. Like, if I was a kid, I'd be scared. I'd be like, yo, like, this is not safe. Like, let me go home to my mom or dad as a kid. Yeah. No, he just walked up to the gunshots, and then he jogged away. And then he's like, he's like a little thug. He's like a little thug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Panama. 
And <sighs> it just, it made no sense to me. Like, I did not care for his character. There is an annoying character in the movie that dies. I'm not going to say his name, okay. but he dies. And we're supposed to care, but you don't care because he's annoying. Like, <laughs> his character is annoying. Yeah. And then the fights in this movie were shot horrendously. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's one thing you would hope a boxing movie would be able to do right, but I guess not, apparently. No, because it, it shows the fight, then it shows everybody's reactions, then it shows the fight, and then it shows what the fighter, what, like, Duran is thinking about. And he's, and it's like a flashback slash reaction oh. slash fight, and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> it's just, it's all jumbled in together. Yeah. And then there's, like, and then at the end, it's like Usher's character. I forgot what his fighter's name is called, but Usher's um, character and the boxer Duran's character end up being friends, but there's no friendship even developed there. You he, know what he, I mean? he played Sugar Ray Leonard, correct? Yeah, Sugar Ray. Yeah, Sugar Ray. But there's no there's no friendship developed. Yeah. I mean, so um, how just, how was Usher? Speaking of which, he was all right. I mean, it's not. He's not something memorable, but he was all right. When the fight when the fight went down, I was rooting for him because he was the nice guy. <laughs> not because I was American, sad. of course, just because like he was he was genuinely a nice guy. Yeah, he wasn't a douchebag. Duran, he's just this douchebag who's conceited, and you know it's all about Panama, APA, whatever. But you know, you would think going through those situations would make you more humble, but yeah. it just makes you more of a douchebag. <laughs> At least for his. You've used the word douchebag a lot in this review. Because <laughs> he's a douchebag. Like, I, I, like, like, I, like the last ten minutes of the movie, he's actually nice, and I'm just like, why couldn't you be nice the whole entire time? Why couldn't you just be nice? Okay. Why couldn't you just be nice? So what I'm gathering from this is that it's just basically a bunch of unlikable characters, and the fight scenes weren't even redeemed. Redeeming. There was a scene. That used like a black and white scene as a flashback, but I don't understand why that that was necessary. If we know that stuff was like, if yeah. we know as an audience what a flashback is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't understand. Like, they used the black and white like uh, editing for for one scene that's a flashback, but I thought that was stupid. Okay. It looks like we don't need that. Like, we already know. Oh, yeah. like, no. <laughs> but were you interested by the story at all? Like I said, it's it's just. If they, from what I read, he's he's a nice guy, this this former boxer. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they would have used, I feel like if they would have used like a better direction, yeah, and if it was shot better, then this movie would have been like a good boxing movie, at least a good boxing movie. But this is not even a good boxing. Movie. It's not even an okay boxing. Movie. Um, how was the what was the main character's name and how's his performance? Um. His name is Edgar Ramirez. Mm-hmm. He gave an all right performance. Like, it's nothing memorable. He was in the remake of last year's um, Point Break. Okay. So, that's what you guys have seen him. This probably what you well, guys have seen. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't. Actually, that was one of the movies I missed last year, which, from what I've heard, it's probably a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, he gave an all right performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't nothing Oscar worthy. Yeah. Um, do you think this is you, you? I know you mentioned De Niro. Um, do you think this is a situation where an actor could get nominated for a bad movie, or is it wasn't that good of a performance? It was just a good De Niro performance, which is still great. But I mean, it was all right, dude. I mean, it, nothing, it, nothing impressed me. He was yeah. just all right. Um, he was just a guy who, who loved the sport and who was passionate about it, and he did a good job portraying that but it wasn't something that i'm gonna be like oh my gosh this is one of dinero's best performances mm-hmm. or something that is it's gonna be something that i at least remember because i when you asked me to review this movie i'm just like this oh this movie because i i forgot about this movie like, it's, it's right. a very forgettable movie okay. so i'm rating this movie a four this movie <laughs> that's not what i was gonna get to not it's not this a four movie <laughs> All right, that that's interesting. I I didn't know what to expect going into this review because I was pretty much blind. Like I think I maybe saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, maybe, but I don't remember it. Um, so I didn't know what to expect coming from this review. So I, that's interesting to know, and it actually leads pretty well into our final topic here. Um, 
our Razzie nomination <laughs> prediction. Hands of Stone is definitely going to be in this list. Really? Okay. Yes. You, so you think it is a possibility to get nominated for a Razzie? For what categories? Just worst picture? I give it worst picture, and I also give it worst screenplay. Well, I don't. Do they have a worst screenplay? Category? I don't know, but they should for this movie because this was bad. Okay, let's see. <laughs> let's pull up the categories here real quick. Um, all right. What other movies would you think about for, or do you think that we've seen already? Would you think are going to get nominated for worst picture, or have the potential to be at least? Um, I would say Independence Day Resurgence, Free State of Jones. Um, I think Now You See Me Too could get nominated. I think as much as you and I both liked Warcraft more than more than a lot of other people, because we're in the minority in that one, I do yeah. think Warcraft can possibly get nominated. Yeah, I agree. Somebody, Miles, actually, our new one of our newer additions to the Screenfellows team over here, uh, mentioned that to me as well and i i agree it, it was kind of maligned when it came out i don't think it was that bad and i think i thought it was okay i think we were both a little more positive on it um yeah. but i think it definitely has the potential yeah um one thing to consider with these Razzie nominations are a lot of the times it ends up being not the actual worst movies of the year it's just kind of it almost turns into most disappointing or you know like biggest movies that were not necessarily good, you know? So what I'm trying to get at is I think Suicide Squad has a chance on like a decent sized chance to be in some of these categories, especially worst picture. I think that's definitely a possibility. Maybe worst director. I think, I think, uh, Batman vs. Superman can be in the same, same category. I agree. I actually was looking at an article earlier that was saying it's possible that both DC movies could get nominated for some of these categories and that's insane and that's kind of sad i think it's a little ridiculous especially for one more than the other but i think we disagree on which one that would be but um i i think it's definitely a strong possibility i mean both of these movies were extreme disappointments okay yeah. i mean you got you got the for batman vs superman i mean you got the two most popular heroes in the whole entire world, Batman vs. Superman going up against each other, and you manage to screw it up. Yeah. Do you think either, do you think any of the performances, I would think maybe um, Henry Cavill in particular, do you think he has a chance of getting nominated for Worst Actor? Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he did a fantastic job. I, I think he did more of a good, better job of Man of Steel, personally. But... Yeah. Just because just I, I feel like there was way more emotion in that film than in this film. You know, what? he was just yeah. In, in the theoretical version, he was of Battle vs Superman. He was mainly just moping around. You know I mean? Yeah, I agree. It wasn't, I did not it like him in that at all. Yeah, I mean, it was at least in Man of Steel, there was different things that that gave him something to react to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't see him. You know, twenty third. I wouldn't see his performance in twenty thirteen's Man of Steel being in a Razzie. This movie, though, I could understand like. I think there's other actors who can get it than him, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be upset either if he got it. I think there's it, another performance in that movie that is pretty much a lock to get nominated. And I think it's unfortunate because I'm a major defender of this portion of the movie, but Jesse Eisenberg is definitely, I'm pretty sure he's going to get nominated for this movie. I think it's sad, but it, it is what it is. Most people hated that performance, so I can't really argue it too hard. Yeah, because I don't know, dude, his, his performance, he, he was really annoying. I understand if you're going to say, okay, if you're going to sit there and say, okay, yes, it's, it's, it's Lex Luthor's son, fine. But don't make him an immature, like, cheap version of the joke. That was stupid. Make yeah, him more mature. That's, that's like, more that was... in the writing. That's, that's the writing. Yeah, I, but I get, again, I understand that. I've come off the performance. Like, for, for me, I was in on the performance. And the thing is, it was a performance that, if you didn't like it, there's nothing that anybody tells you. and Nobody can convince you to like the performance. It's just an acting decision that Jesse Eisenberg made. And mo for, unfortunately, most people didn't like it. So I can yeah, easily I mean, it, see it, it getting it's, nominated. They, I mean, and it's not... I mean, it's partially his fault, and then it's partially the, the writing's fault. Because I just... His character was really, really annoying. I don't mm -hmm. know what they were trying to achieve with that character. I mean, some of his dialogue was, was, was like I said, 
which I admitted when I saw the ultimate uh, ultimate rated version. Yeah, I said it was actually pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good, but um, um, I just don't think that version was necessary. I think yeah. it was a very weird, dumb version. It was he was too cartoonish. So that's yeah, I, I get that. Um, one more thing, like that, I I'm I don't think you mentioned it. I could be wrong. Maybe I missed it, but and I'm so shocked if you didn't. Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, I, I mentioned. Okay, it. you did. My bad. Um, um, I think the younger. I think Liam Neeson. Not Liam Neeson. Sorry, Liam Hemsworth. So sorry, I confused you both. Liam Neeson, you're you're great. That's I'm tragic. so sorry. That's a tragic don't, mistake. Don't kill me. Okay? I didn't take her. Um. Anyways, I think Liam Hemsworth has a chance yes. of getting crazy. I don't even. I think Jesse. I think he's he's the one who played. Will Smith is son. I, I need oh my to... gosh! Yes, that guy's going. He's going to get nominated for worst supporting actor. Only... It has to happen, please. I hope that he wins. I'm rooting <laughs> for this guy to win that wrestling. So like bad. he needs to win. Like that was oh literally the worst performance I have seen this year. I yeah, I don't know about that, but we'll we'll get into that. I mean, I, from what I remember, yeah. I've seen a lot of bad movies this year, yeah. but it stands out. And I was like, this is really bad. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, what else was I going to say? That's definitely a possibility. I think, uh, that, I honestly think that has a decent shot of getting nominated for his picture, but that's another discussion. Um, what else for best actor or supporting actor? Maybe the, somebody from Gods of Egypt, but I never saw that, but I, I heard. Yeah, I never, I mean, that, things, that could so. be, that could be nominated for his picture. Honestly, I, that yeah. could be. Picture. I would not be surprised. I just didn't see that movie because I didn't want to waste my money going in there. Yeah. But I would not be surprised. Oh, by the way, his name is Jesse Usher. Jesse Usher. Yep. Um. What else? Oh, Kevin Costner and Criminal. I know that's a movie you didn't see. That was horrible, and <laughs> I I think it's kind of forgotten. So maybe it'll get forgotten when it comes to the bigger category, like Best Picture or yeah. or wor- not Best Picture, Worst Picture or Worst Director. Um. But Costner, honestly, because he's got a past with this award, so I could easily see him getting nominated for Worst Picture, or Worst Actor. My bad, I'm messing up all these awards right now. Um, and then also, sadly, Zoolander 2, any, anybody from that movie and anybody associated with that movie, I mean, I love the first Zoolander, but that, the Zoolander 2 is atrocious, so it's very disappointing, and I could easily see that getting nominated for some of these awards. Um, what else? Um, so, you know what? Oh, mechanic have, yes, mechanic Resurrection. Yep. That could get nominated for a Razzie. And also Worst Actress, yep. Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. That's exactly what I was going to... She yeah. was bad in this movie. Okay? <laughs> that's an like, understatement. I, I thought... I was just like, okay, Jessica Alba. I haven't seen her in a while. Let's, let's check what's up. And then I see her and I'm just like, I'm glad I haven't seen you. <laughs> I'm glad I haven't seen you, babe. It's, it's fine. You can you <laughs> go. Just, just walk along. Just walk along. Just <laughs> leave. You, can you just, you just you want to watch away. her walk away. I don't even want to watch her walk away. Like, when she <laughs> dove into the beach, I'm like, what is that? Is supposed to attract me? That grossed me out. <laughs> like, grossed you out? Okay, I don't know what you're talking about on like, that. that was, I remember, like, I was just like, nah, nah, dude. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, um, nah. Oh, you know what else may be worse actress? Um, did, did Allegiant come out this year? I think it did. I yeah, think it, I believe yeah. I believe it did, and I think unfortunately I think Shailene Woodley is talented, but I don't think they know what they're doing in those movies. So I think as a result of that, she could get nominated for worst actress. Um, okay. See, I don't. Hmm. I'm. I'm one. There's one movie that I haven't brought up yet that I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know where this is going to go. Will it get nominated, or did it get enough positive reception from critics to not get nominated? Ghostbusters. Because um, it, it, it was decently received by critics. That's a fact. But at the same time, it's pretty well hated around the world, or around the internet at least. I mean, it has a... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a 50-50 at this point. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people... We're gonna trash on this movie, either but then way. I realized it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Like there were still some major problems with the with the film, but it wasn't as bad. Yeah, I uh, think I think one of the things that saves it though is is Chris Hemsworth 
comedy relief because he Agreed. he does a great job with his comedy relief in that movie. That's one thing that stands out to me. It's his performance. Yeah. And he actually does a pretty good job, and he actually seems like he's having fun doing the movie. So I think, if anything, that might save it, maybe like a little bit more with some of the other performances and dialogue, but that's about it. I don't think it's going to be too too bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else was I going to bring up? Um, Do you think Jason Bourne could get nominated? I, I don't think so. I don't think it was that negatively received. I think it's definitely a possibility, but I just, I, I don't think that it's, necessarily even close to a lock. I think it's got an outside shot. Um, Alright, what do you think about uh, Free State of Jones? Yeah. Pretty bad, pretty bad uh, reviews there. Yeah, Free State of Jones is definitely a possibility, but see, I don't think McConaughey is going to get nominated for it, because I thought I he was think, the better part of the movie. I don't think I don't think it's going to be... I think, it's if anything, it might be worst director and worst picture. That's, that's worst the, director, that's, I might be able to give you. I could see that. Or even maybe worse screenplay. Um, there's a worse screenplay on there. Yes, maybe? there is. Okay. And yeah. There, um, that's, 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 I can agree with that too. I wouldn't okay. be, I wouldn't be surprised. And there's one other thing. Oh, there's an interesting category on here, which going back to, um, Ghostbusters, I think is a possibility that Ghostbusters gets this category. And that is worst remake slash reboot slash ripoff of the, of the year. That's, that's a category. Do you think Ghostbusters has a shot at that one? Because that one's kind of more narrow, so I think Ghostbusters has a chance at that one. I mean, maybe, but you're going up against Tarzan, which you hated. Zoolander 2. Zoolander 2, Independence Day. Independence Day is a major contender. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, you got you got a lot of other pictures that were worse. Yeah. I think it could possibly be nominated, but I don't think it'll win. Agreed. I, I Agreed. think there's other things that, that stand out in, in that category. Agreed. Um, one other movie that I want, I think is necessary to bring up, um, and this is a kind of a discussion that I want to have on this podcast eventually about um, faith-based films, but God's Not Dead 2, uh, <laughs> it looked horrible, I refused to watch it, and I, I think it's got a shot, because sometimes these kind of movies, if they get enough publicity, do get nominated. I think the problem with some sequels is that, is that they try to go too huge, and yeah. this one brought it to like the Congress, like the like the yeah. report. <laughs> so true. And, and I'm just like, yo, there's not e- there was not even a need for a second movie. So I think I think that I think that was one of the major problems with this movie. And then yeah, it's I think a lot of people will have the problem of 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 atheism not really being like a side, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a Christian based film. So you're going to get a Christian, you're going to get like a Christian based ideology. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't present the other side from what I heard. Exactly. So yeah. if you're going to use like both sides, I feel like, I feel like that you should use both sides to make that film. Yeah. If you're just going to use one side, like the Christian side to make them look nice and then use the atheistic side to make them look like mean people. Yeah. It's not going to come across as like fair. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and finally, I don't think this is a category, but I think it's worth bringing up. Um, if there was a category, worst animated feature. Do you think? Um, do you, can you think of any? Because I know you haven't seen as many of the animated movies as I have. I'm going to just go ahead and say Ice Age: The Collision Course, even though I haven't seen it. That's true. I, I think that's a possibility. Um, I'm, I, I'm pretty this, sure that there is. Yeah, there's going to be one. Um, if and, that was a category, I don't think it is a category, but. Yeah. Um, Norm of the North is one that I have never heard somebody rant at and hatred on a movie as much as um, I heard Chris Duckman rant on that movie. So, what movie was it? Norm of the North. I haven't heard of that. Movie exactly. Um, so <laughs> I think it's definitely that one would could be a possibility, even for worst picture, um, just because of how bad it really sounded. Um, so, do you have any more? Th- um, movies you want to throw in there? Um, what about Now You See Me Too? Uh, see, I think that that movie has its audience, so I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it will, to be honest. Okay, and, and X Men Apocalypse. Ooh, ooh, that that's one I thought about before, and then when I wrote my notes, I completely forgot about it. I don't think it'll get nominated for any of the major, like best um, or worst picture category, like that kind of thing. 
maybe it has an outside shot, but I do think there's one category that it has a decent shot at getting nominated for, and that is Worst Actress for Jennifer Lawrence. Because she was so bland in that movie, she did not look like she cared. I that was that was a really bad performance. Yeah. I was actually going to mention this to you actually in our argument between Margot <laughs> Robbie and Jennifer Lawrence, and Which you I gave won. her the excuse, yeah, and you gave her the excuse that she's been in three other movies, so you can understand. But I'm just like, come on, man, Scarlett Johansson has been in the MCU for like for oh, for longer than she's been Mystique, and she still does a pretty decent job. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence in this movie, but it was just, it was not okay. I did not buy any of her lines at all. I think it's that, that movie is a perfect setup for her to get nominated for worst actress. And I think it's a strong possibility, especially with the strange section of humanity that hates Jennifer Lawrence, which I don't really understand, but whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, but (laughs) we'll move on. Anything else you want to throw in there? Cause I'm pretty much out. Um, what about Our Kind of Traitor? Uh, see, I think you especially hated that movie more than most people. That movie has a rel- pretty strong Rotten Tomatoes score, and not many people saw it, so I don't think it is going to get nominated. All right, this is the last one. Do you think Sausage Party will get nominated for a Rising? No. Why? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> I thought that movie would be funnier. But yeah, it wasn't as funny. Nah, but it yeah, was still that, a pretty decent animation. Yeah, and it got... It, most people liked it. And I, I think I liked it. It just wasn't as great as some people were expecting. So I, I don't think that's grounds for a Razzie, necessarily. And who knows, wrapping this conversation up, um, who knows, there could be tons of crap waiting for us for the rest of the year. So <laughs> we, we Yo, could get to the end of the year. you texted me that yeah. A Monster Calls is going to be delayed, I was so pissed off. Why? This is stupid. Like, it's still going to be Oscar season basically in September, isn't it? Yeah, no? but it's early Oscar season. They're trying to put it in prime Oscar season, it seems. Which, see, I don't even know if it's necessarily Oscar season. That's what people are speculating. Maybe it's just they're trying to get a Christmas crowd, which is a possibility. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add on to this episode, Ozzy? I know you you haven't you haven't been on the entire episode, so maybe you got some things to get off your chest. I don't know. Um, I'm actually just gonna start off with recommendations, but I'm gonna start off with myself recommending something. All right. Um, we actually might review Narcos season two True. next week on Tuesday. Um, that es- that episode should be out by Wednesday. So I actually started. It's an easy binge. It's only twenty episodes. And I actually watched the first episode. I'm actually starting the second episode. I'm on episode one of the second season. And season one is actually one of the best seasons of, of television I've actually seen. Like, this is awesome. And then this is a really unique take on actually how they do this show. I've never seen a show or movie do this. Um, yeah. Where they spend half, half of the characters, half of the main characters are foreign. So they will have these foreign actors speak like they'll have like these spanish actors actually speak spanish and they'll have subtitles for us for those of you who like who can't who don't understand spanish they'll have it so that it, so you can read it so it's it's a more realistic take and i actually really appreciate it not because i'm spanish just because it's a more realistic take on who pablo escobar was and actually how the culture is and like how they speak and everything it's more realistic and that's actually something that i really appreciate because you don't really see that Sure, you see it like a little bit, but it's not something that's major, and it's not something that especially Hollywood will, will do nowadays. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And the the that's that's one thing I really loved about it. Um, the guy who plays Pablo Escobar, he does a fantastic job playing Pablo Escobar. I think he is every time he comes on screen, it's you you know he you can tell that he owned that he demands presence, and that is fantastic. I, he does a great job doing playing Pablo Escobar. And the scenery in this movie is, Show. it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. My dad's been telling me that to go to Columbia, but I'm just like, I'm just like, nah, dude, no. But like, <laughs> that made me want to go to Columbia. I was like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, basically what Ozzy is saying is binge the show before we review it next week because it is well yeah. worth it. And I don't know if you're on season two yet, but season two is better in my opinion. Um, all right. My recommendation would be, ooh, I didn't 
prepare one because I forgot again because I'm horrible. Um, oh, well, we talked about it on this episode already. We talked about it on this episode already, and I'm going to say last chance you. Um, I've recommended it to you already this episode, like I just said. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place right now. But I will recommend it again because it is that good. Watch Last Chance You on Netflix. It is one of the best things Netflix has put out. And I just, it blew me away. Blew me away. That's all I'm going to say. I, we already reviewed it on this episode, so just watch it. <laughs> all right, Carlos. It's time to wrap up. So, Carlos, where can people find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cherry456 and on Instagram at the same Cherry456. All right, guys. You can find me on Twitter at CastroOzzy. And also follow our Instagram page at ScreenFellas. Guys, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or whatever you guys use. Please, that helps us a lot. Guys, this is Screenfellas.